Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Oilers Nation Radio. Radio. Back. Back for the first time in 2024. Happy New Year, everybody. Short, <laughs> short crew today. And by everybody, you mean only three of us. <laughs> Dan's still in Halifax. Rick is a working man. So it's just Bag Milk, Tyler, and Liam today. I, I didn't know Dan was from Halifax. Did you know Dan's from Halifax? I, I did not you know he's from Halifax. In Halifax. Yeah. Mm. I bet he watched Nathan McKinnon play in Halifax. Yeah, he'll tell you about it. Nathan McKinnon, Jonathan Drew, and again. Mm. Very, very strict rules about what's a donor for Dan. Really? Halifax. Really? He takes it. Actually, I, I know we were being tongue in cheek. I didn't know that about Dan. Yeah. What? Whatever the Halifax donor rules are, he abides by. I might have to get a donor on the way home today. I got a $100 gift card to this pizza place I like to go to mm. for Christmas. That's a great gift. It was That's amazing. Like four meals. My, my girlfriend's mom buys me the best gifts. So it's a but so last year she got me tickets to the Arizona Edmonton game, which is when McDavid scored his 60th goal. Hmm. Obviously at the time she didn't know that was going to happen. And it was like the eight thirty PM game, wasn't it? Yeah. And then this year I got the hundred dollar gift card and I would put them on the same pedestal. Yeah. Those eight thirty starts are tough. Yeah. It was awesome. Though. Great game. Historic. How was your Christmas break? Very busy. I had a wedding two days ago. On New, yeah, New Year's the Eve. The best time for all weddings. New Year's 7 p.m. start. It was a lot of fun, actually, but it was um, it was different. Every wedding I've been to is very, very different. I've never been to like, the same traditional wedding before. Last traditional wedding I went to, like the ceremony part was like three hours. It was very traditional. And Ooh, all I can think three about hours. is, yes, all I can think about is please get me out of here and don't ever invite me to a wedding again. <laughs> this one was really short. It was good. Like, so That's the wedding, the, the wedding started at seven and then I bet everything was probably done mixed in there. Like, so it was at a uh, matrix hotel downtown. Mm-hmm. So you just like ceremonies in one room, you walk across the hall to the reception. So like between walking across, grabbing beers, a couple of speeches, everything was wrapped by like nine 15. That's nice. It's actually pretty good. Start pretty at good. seven out at seven Oh five on the D floor. by <laughs> yeah. That's the wedding for me. Whole wedding happens on the D floor. Whether I'm there or not. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, if I ever get married, I promise you boys, that's what'll happen is the ceremony part will be optional. The party will already be going. If you want to just <laughs> pop into the ceremony part, it'll be kind going. Of, kind of like when they do the cake cutting at traditional, like, Hey, we're going to do the cake cutting. And like, no one really pays attention. But like, Hey, we're doing the ceremony. And we'll just hammer the, like, yeah, whatever. It's like a picture in picture kind of situation. Yeah. You could just have a little tiny box on the screen. The, the cake yeah. cutting at a wedding has really gone out the window. It's not a big thing. It's not a big thing anymore, but I remember uh, probably your guys' parents too, but I've, I've seen the famous picture. Well, not famous. It's famous in my family of like my parents cutting the wedding cake. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, what would you call it? Traditional picture, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Out the window. Gone. My girlfriend made the cake though. We used to be Delicious. a society. We used, we used to be. To. Look at us now. Now we're talking about ceremonies going on during the wedding mm-hmm. and the celebration all in one. Guess who else I saw? Not Go at ahead. the wedding, but I was down in Calgary for some family stuff and there was also a hockey tournament there. So I popped in there for a little bit too. Very intrigued about who you could say that would relate to our listeners. Patrick Malo. That relates. So okay. Patrick Malo, Jerome Ginla, who I've seen a couple of times now, um, Steve Sullivan. and all great former Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. And Adam Nugent Hopkins. And Adam Nugent Hopkins. He's the coach of one of the teams. Huh. Didn't you say you saw him get a 10-minute misconduct? Uh, that was a Ginla. Ah. Yeah, but they both... Oh, no, sorry, it was. Uh, a Ginla just loves to yell at refs. It's very, yeah, it's very That's funny. not how Elvis raised him. No. Come on. 
Speaking of that, I watched Elvis recently too. The movie? Yeah. How many parts did you take? I did it one. Wow. Yesterday. New year, new me. Hmm. I told Liam, did you know he met his wife when she was 14? They don't mention that in the movie. They also don't mention his crippling drug addiction beyond a <laughs> Passover as well. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of like, oh, he was getting so tired. He started doing drugs and that's what killed him. It's like, I feel like there's a little yeah, bit more. There's to a this. little bit more to it than that. You know? And look, him and his wife got married when she was 21. <laughs> Note. <laughs> That's <laughs> an important footnote there. Uh, it was good though. So it sounds like you had a good break. Fun movie. Four out of five. Four out of five. Yeah. It's a hell of a rating. <laughs> Shout out to Elvis for all the things that he does. <laughs> See, the Golden Knights all showed up at the rink for the Winter Classic dressed as uh, Elvis. Maybe should have put their workers' uniforms on. <laughs> Maybe. I like the Seattle Kraken dressed like guys from the fish market. That was cool. And then they were throwing fish over them. As they and came on the ice. A couple That's of cool. them were like dodging it and stuff, which is It must have been very confusing for people who don't know about that fish market, that very specific <laughs> fish market. In yeah, yeah. Which again, it's like Pike Place, iconic <laughs> little area. Yep. But that is like just one little spot of Pike Place. One, yeah. I, like I went there the first time back in November on the Nation Vacation. Uh, fresh one up at nationgear.ca for join us next month in, in uh, Arizona. But... It really is just a small corner of what is a large market. I expected like a grocery (laughs) store thing where they're like all just throwing fish and everything's getting thrown. No, it's like two guys. Just a couple of dudes. And And they only really do it for show. And then if you want to tip them, you can tip them. If you don't, keep walking around the market. Go watch the walk to the go gross gum wall that they have just down the pathway. (laughs) That is gross. To do in Seattle. Yeah. And you'll Free be gum, though, if you want. <laughs> oh, like an elf, when boy! <laughs> I need the world's best coffee. I didn't see any Starbucks when we were there, outside of <laughs> in the football game and at the hockey game. They had some no in Starbucks. the football game. Well, really? it was like they also, sort of half one. I only got drip coffee. The thing I cool. always get a chuckle out of is that one, the OG Starbucks in oh, place. The line was so. The big. line is like hours <laughs> long, and it's like. You know it's the same. But right? you can get specific cups there, Tyler. Cool. Yeah. I've been through this conversation before. I love cups. I'm a big cup guy, especially mm-hmm. when I'm drinking coffee. Excellent vessels. Port your liquids, <laughs> I find. So Rick and Dan aren't here, and we're basically just mailing her in. Well, yeah. it's time to get to the delicious debate for our friends at Wendy's. I hope you were paying attention. Yesterday was a new week, start of a new week. Dailyfaceoffsurvivor.com. Dailyfaceoffsurvivor.com. That's where you go to register. You get some, uh, you can win some snacks. You can win some food. The ultimate grand prize is for five Gs. But let me tell you, this game is a little bit harder than you expect. Basically, what happens is it gives you some options. You got to pick what you think is going to win that day. And if you do not pick the winner on Monday, you are out. See ya. I have never made it past Wednesday. I, nor have I. So the week starts today on Tuesday, which is exciting. So you can oh, still get in. Oh, yeah. oh. oh I, woke, I did the same thing, BM, where I woke up this morning. I was like, damn it, I missed Wendy's yesterday. But because there's only one game, just the Winter Classic. Perfect. You still get it? So I'm in and I'm taking Dylan Larkin to get a point against the San Jose Sharks. All right, well, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna join you here, and I'm just gonna do a little vamping here, a little bit of uh, a, a little bit of. Uh, oh, I don't remember my password now. I'll figure this out later. But <laughs> dailyfaceoffsurvivor.com, thats where you need to go, and then you can play for some prizes, a chance at some cash, courtesy of our friends at Wendy's. And tired of leftovers? Go grab yourself a baconator. Tell them old bag milk sent you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What do you got for us today for a delicious debate, boys? Well, <laughs> as of late, the Oilers' five-on-five scoring has gone through the roof. And a big reason why is because they have a second line that is starting to produce. Warren Fogle, Ryan McLeod, and Leon Dreisaitl have pr- become quite the formidable trio. The delicious debate. Is this second line a long-term option for the Oilers? Yes. Um, because... <laughs> I think <laughs> Fogel and McLeod, I feel they're not doing anything that's like crazy, right? Like the points in five games. No, I was going to say their scoring rates are a little nuts, but whether actually scoring goals from and creating opportunities for themselves, like they should have always been making plays there. So now it's just about those who realizing that and then going from there because you're wearing you with one of the best players in the world in Leon Dreisaitl. I think if you make life easy for him, it'll make it much easier for you. And the speed dose you bring, I think is, is good for dry saddle too. 
He hasn't really had that for a while, right? Any of this season. I would say it's fine for now, but is not long term. I but don't want to go what into the s- playoffs with this being my top six. But what if they keep scoring? What does it matter then? Because then what's your third line? Um, well, that's the thing. You need a third line center, but then you would have Van der Kane, Blank, Dylan Holloway. That's pretty good. I just don't. I that you can find a good center. You would have it's to like get the I center. If it's Matthias Janmark or Derek Ryan in there. It's not. That's not good enough. Center. Yes, definitely. They 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 need to get that third line center. But at the end of the day, like, there's no point in forcing like an Evander Kane to play with Drysdale if it just doesn't work. But Evander Kane, when he's at his best, is arguably their third most effective forward. Did score the other night. So yeah, you could, had a good goal. If you could go get someone else for a dry settle cane duo, a right winger who can produce like crazy, maybe McLeod and Fogel can not do what they're doing right now because eight points in five games is insane, but maybe they can take these sort of lessons they're learning with Leon dry and go, you know what? Let's do this on the third line. I don't trust them to do that because they just never have. Like you look at that team and uh, that line, sorry, when it was, what was it? I think the other one was Holloway with them or maybe it was Brown a little bit mixed out too. Yeah. We just called them the all stamina line because they would just literally skate around and do basically nothing. Like they would, wouldn't allow goals, but they also wouldn't score any. I just think there's no point in reversing back to it unless you get this third line center that can drag a line. But I mean, those aren't growing on trees exactly either. I just think my plan around it would be to upgrade the third line rather than try and now upgrade the second line and see if something else works. You know what I mean? That's where I agree with you. Ultimately, I think that it would be not easy is not the right word to use, but easier to get a third line center than it would be a right winger to play with Leon. Yeah. I think that's why if the line can, I I mean, I know the game against Anaheim is, was fucking awesome. They were getting all kinds of goals. Warren Fogel first career five point night. Probably last the last, (laughs) the first time I should say an oiler has scored five even strength points in a single game since Sam Gagne's eight point night. Wow. Which is crazy, which is bananas. Connor has not done it. Leon has not done it. McLovin has done it. So I I think that like, if that line can keep producing at least chances, finding a third line center might be a little bit easier to fit within the limited yeah. space the Oilers will have. And that's another layer to it too a little bit is Warren Fall was probably not a trade chip. Although like he's, he's I guess yes and no because now his trade value is probably high as it's ever been. Contract your Fogel he's shown up. But do you want to do you want to potentially get worse? So you, the grass isn't always greener right? Yeah. I guess is the point. I don't know. They got to find a way to make money for all this work too. Oh, I still think Vogel can go at the deadline. I he's part of too. a bigger package. Like if I don't know the opportunity to let's mention a rumor that's popped yeah, up on station.com that the couple insiders have been whispering about. You can go get Jake Gensel. Warren Vogel is in that deal. Yes. And simply because of the cap it to make the money work. But when you look at ways the Oilers can create cap space ahead of the deadline, CC Kulak Vogel. I don't want to trade Brett Kulak. Mm. You can only trade Cody CC if it's in a deal for another right winger. So if you're going to go that pairings playing well, right? That, now. Yeah, you're right. Nurse and CC have been really, really good. Um, if you're going to go find an upgrade to either the third line or second line right wing, Warren Fogel is the only piece you have that you can move for salary. Because I don't think he's coming back. No, there's, unless it's dirt cheap. But even then, like you need you need Dylan Holloway to be in Warren Fogel's spot next year. Yeah. I, yeah. Why? Or Raffle Bois. I think moving out Fogel would be a lot easier if Holloway comes back and plays really well, or if Connor Brown finds his feet, which just seems like not an option at the moment, unfortunately. We'll see. Why? I don't know if I would move him at the moment, but I agree with what you guys are saying. Yeah. I mean, even Connor Brown, like, it almost sucks that they just, it sucks he's not a $4 million cap it this year because then it'd be the easiest thing in the world to be like, we're trading him and. Yeah. We'll get that money and we'll replace him somewhere else. In fact, he's 750 this year, cements Connor Brown in this lineup or on the roster. One of my favorite things, Liam, was on After Dark after the game against Anaheim. I remember how it came up in the chat, but it was something about Connor Brown. And I watched Tyler do five, six minutes on why Connor Brown hasn't been that bad. <laughs> it was very entertaining. Positive to end the year. 
it did. We told, we said we were not making fun of him for the rest of the year, which at that point, for the about, rest of the year, which had about two and a half hours. Left in it. So <laughs> Tyler did a good job. He had, a, he has put up a lot of individual shot attempts at five on five. Awesome. I could do that in the NHL too. Hey, I could shoot the puck towards the net and it would be a shot attempt. Gotta love the Korskis. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. He's been unfortunate. There's jokes aside, like he's hit the post like three times, but there's no, I was thinking about that today is like the conversations we've had in the past, like up until now, it feels like a good hard reset. Jack Campbell was not mentioned on our show today. Nope. Not once. Connor Brown was the first time I've said his name today. So I'm glad I'm how much again. like, man, I'm just thinking out loud how amazing it would be for this team down the stretch. If he could just catch fire in some way, there's still hope. Sure. There is. Cause yeah, it doesn't 100%. matter what he's done now. No, it matters what you're going to do. If he gets like you six goals games, during the baby. season, like God, he's got to do something. He's got to get into double digits. I honestly don't care. Like it, I, you go like, just, just score, just score one. Just get one and then we'll see what happens the rest of the way. Like I was at a New Year's Eve party that night and uh, someone was like, you know, if he had an eight goal game, if he had the one of the best <laughs> games in NHL history, his pace would still stink. I was like, yeah, that's kind of depressing. Cool. I was looking at um, upcoming an eight goal game. <laughs> upcoming UFAs. Ooh, for for potential third line centers, just centers, just centers. Connor Brown is on the list. Okay, I'll say the name. You say yes or no. Okay, I'll try and only do ones that would be trade options. Okay, so I'll start off so with not the, Elias Pettersson. Elias Lindholm. Um, yeah, I'd love it, but he's not. It's not happening. <laughs> yeah, that would not happen. Sean Monahan. Yes. Yeah, do it. 21 points in 36 games. I just, I love the story about how that would break so many Flames fans' hearts, too. 1.9. So they keep half. You're getting them for 9.25? Yeah, 1.985, whatever. Um, Jason Dickinson, an interesting name, is kind of a bit of a career. 12 goals this season on Chicago in 36 games. Cap it. 2.65. Get it retained and it's twice almost manageable for uh, retained once. You can almost make it work. Here's the fun close. one though. Okay. Career high in goals. For Jason I would. He's on the watch list. Monahan was an auto. Yes. Dickinson watches. Thomas Novak. Ooh, he is 800 K on Nashville. 17 points, six goals in 26 games this season for the Preds. And. I just don't know what direction now organizations really going in, to be honest. At 17 goals last year. He's good. Only 27. Feel like he's someone they might want to resign. 51 games last year, too, BM. Mm-hmm. He was um, almost a point of game guy last year, and he's like not that insanely off it this year. I think I, I think it would be a decent option, to be honest. If he was right handed, it would be a lock. Yeah. yeah there is literally. Would they trade him, though? The, yeah, I don't know if they would. The only other option. From what I'm seeing here, um, Sam Carrick, the, the the center's depth is Bob really is bad. apparently mentioning him now. Really, Sam Carrick. Well, I was talking to Bob and he was telling me that too. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so Bob's mention number was mentioning him ahead of the Anaheim game because he's 750k, right? Uh, yeah, pretty much. So the you know if you could tell Anaheim, hey, keep half for the rest of this year. And you're getting them for 425k for the rest of the year, similar to Bukestad last year. He's like a net positive in terms of your cap space. Oh, interesting. Because then when you send down whoever you send down to make room for him, right. free up a little bit of money. So uh, that would be interesting. A guy like Carrick. But again, if we're going from the perspective of you want to build the, you want to keep the second line, and you're going to build a third line that can consistently like drive offense and outproduce the other team. Yeah. I don't Jeez. think you could put Sam Carrick on a line with Evander Kane. I don't either. I just, it's actually nobody really available. Even for the year after, like seeing if maybe there's someone on a bit of a longer term deal, but they're all, or there's going to afford any of them. The other thing too, is that right now there aren't exactly a lot of sellers outside of like the obvious couple of lotto Wait, teams. When does so. that usually happen? Usually by now, like by this point last year, we started to hear a little bit about Ekholm. Did we not? Like, hey, Nashville is kind of going to be open for business. Really? Because they were really. I thought it was right? a little bit further down the road. I don't remember that? But the Carlson rumors were through the roof at this point. Oh last yeah, year. Right. that's what I'm getting. They were sparking. Mm, yeah. We were trading everyone, every pick. Now we're trading them all for to get rid of Jack Campbell. 
cool. <laughs> Uh, how, how time flies. Um, <laughs> yes. Just looking then, if you did the centers that are options, let me present my case of who are the pending UFA right wingers you could maybe go get to go that route. Tell right? me what you got. Well, let me, let's take a look. Out in Ottawa, there's Vladimir Tarasenko, who's in the final year or in in halfway through a one-year $5 million deal with uh, with the Sens. That's interesting. Tarasenko, throw him on Dry's wing. Give him a shooter. Playoff performer, won a Stanley Cup at the Blues, had a great He's run. a UFA. He's just on a one-year deal. One-year, five mil? I'd love mm. it. I don't know how they'd make it work. Keep half, and they got to take Fogel, and it works. How's Fogel, he doing this Fogel. season, sorry? What else, though? Yeah, you're right. Uh, so far this year, he has six goals and 16 assists in 30 games. He wishes he was Fogel. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Sprong in Detroit is next on the points list amongst actually like attainable guys. Um, I don't know if Detroit would move him. Jordan Eberle is next on the list. I'm just sorting pending UFAs by points, teams that could be sellers. So Eberly's in there as well. Sam Lafferty, Vancouver's not going anywhere. Um, Trade Vinny for him. Cole Smith in Nashville. Don't really care for him. Hey, yikes. Actually, Liam. So we had the market. The deadline market might stink this year, guys. <laughs> That's all. Like, Perfect. Victor Olofsson in Buffalo. Oscar Sunquist. No. Sunquist right. wouldn't be a bad depth guy but it's not an upgrade on what you're looking for yeah yeah it's actually kind of ugly in terms of who's available out there on the trade market like tarasenko and monahan might be uh the only two forwards you really want to touch <laughs> so that's not true. great go get line well that's why you know if you're going to spend two second round picks to get a couple of middling rentals maybe there's something to be said about the oilers going out and all right, first, Borgo, something else. Let's take a bigger swing here. We've talked a lot on Owen every day about the idea of Boone Jenner and how much I would love that. I just went and looked a couple of years ahead too to see if there was like an Ekholm-esque deal. Yeah. The only ones that would be affordable would be a uh, Boone Jenner or a Colton Sissons. Yeah, but Sissons is 32 and yeah. is what he is. Boone Jenner has some upside. So um, that was our delicious debate. Hit us up. Owen Radio Podcast, Twitter and Instagram. Is the second line going to stay together? They're going to get split up. Creates a hole in the third line. Warren Fo- uh, Brian McLeod, you're a winger now. He is, right? Yes. Should have always like been. Like we've all seen enough of him as a centerman. Yeah. Ooh, Sweden, Switzerland going to overtime. What that, happened in the Canada game? They won, I assume, yeah? That was disastrous. Yeah. Oh, you just had that sinking feeling. I know we're going to derail our usual programming here for a second. You had that sinking feeling that like oh, something just lucky is going to happen here. Like when you're when the game is that close late and you've been the better team for so long. Yeah. You never get the bounce. It's always the other team that gets the bounce. So I feel for him. But the World Juniors didn't have a great vibe this year. It's tough when they're in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. The start times were tough. <laughs> yeah. Like if you're out on the East Coast, it's not too bad. You like get up. Well, it would have been an 8.30 start today, but like 6.30. Like. Liam wrote the preview for Canada Czechia, filed it last night with me, and I'm like, okay, I'll just slot it in tomorrow morning at some point. And then I look at the start time, I go, nope, it's got to go up tonight or else <laughs> no one will have a chance to read this. Yeah, It will be dead by the time anybody wakes up. Yeah. Yeah, apparently Matthew Savoy broke his foot. Oof. I'm played. It's tough. What else is tough? I need to read this next part verbatim. <laughs> My favorite part of the show. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code NATION25. That is 25% off up to a $10 value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code nation 25. Don't forget that is promo code nation 25 for 25% off your first order with DoorDash offer valid in Canada subject to change terms do apply. Make it a DoorDash night. There's a game coming up. You've cooked enough for a little while. Mm-hmm. Holiday season behind you. Why not order a donair or a burger or a pizza? A good New Year's resolution is to try more local restaurants. That's a great one. Like Wendy's. Every restaurant local, technically. <laughs> it's true. You can use your DoorDash app. You can download it. Get 25% off your order. Nation 25. Order some Wendy's. Right where Tyler's pointing. Oh, if you're watching I wonder what you would do it. <laughs> I was pointing at the promo code. Yep. Took me a minute, too. I thought he was... Uh, yep, never mind. I thought you were saying pause. We have got <laughs> to do four DoorDash, fellas. 
couple of couple of big wins since the last episode we recorded. <laughs> mm-hmm. Liam, I'm going to start with you for our friends at DoorDash. Who delivered for you? Well, I give you two guys a layup, but I will say uh, Stuart Skinner in the first period of that Kings game. Mm, yeah, I know the Kings were up to nothing, but some of the saves you were making were nuts. Yeah, and I think he's being a bit underappreciated for how well he's done this last little stretch. 920 save percentage in his last 12 games, 10 wins. Like he's been good. And I know there's still conversation that the others need a goalie, but it's not to replace Skinner. It's to help Skinner. Yep. I think it's a good way to put it. Uh, I can, I'll, I'll go next. Cause I got, I want to take an easy one. Take Leon Drysaddle off the board. Hmm. Oh. Three goals in his last three games, and that goal he scored from that spot against Anaheim BM. You and I talked about this on uh, After Dark. That's an I'm back kind of goal. Do you remember he scored his fiftieth goal a few years season ago against Anaheim and was on his knees yeah. from like a similar from spot. that dead same yeah. spot? Yeah. My um, favorite part about that goal was when they went to show the replay. He wasn't even in frame. He was so far in the corner that they had to do an alternate angle to show him in frame. Great pass by Darnell Nurse on that goal as well. Um, and Leon Dreisaitl hammered a puck home from his office. That's a good sign he's back and about to get going on a heater. So shout out to big number 2-9. I'm going to leave the layups alone Ooh, for another so- round, a spirited round of who delivered for our friends at DoorDash. <laughs> I'm going to say Darnell Nurse has been delivering for me and I'm going to ignore the contract because I'm allowed to do so. Yep. It is what it is. But if you look at what he's doing on the ice, he's playing some really good hockey right now. Mm. And the two assists that he picked up against Anaheim, oh, it's Anaheim. I know that. Well, but they were primary one. assists. They were very nice passes. And they set up two goals at pivotal points of the game. I think Darnell Nurse is playing some really, really good hockey right now. I want to give him some love. So for DoorDash, Darnell Nurse is delivering for me. He's averaging like 23 minutes a game over this five-game winning streak. So far this season... Darnell Nurse, he's only been below 20 minutes in a game three times. And in all three of those games is 1925, 1926, 1938. So he his lowest time on ice this year is 1925. Who was that against? The Rangers on October 26th. And that game, if I remember correctly, there was not a lot of... Um, they lost 3 nothing. But there wasn't a lot of special teams. Mm. So he wouldn't have been able to have the extra couple minutes from like PKs or something yeah. like that. He was like, most of that is like five and five. Yep. So, I mean, he's been a minute mantra as he has been for the Always last two been. years. Um, but I do like that there's a bit of a movement BM just amongst the fan base to start giving this guy some love. Cause like he just, hockey. yep. The kid can play real, recognize real. He was the seventh overall pick for a reason. Who was the eighth? Are you Sean Monahan? Oh, wasn't he the sixth? Or no, he was sixth. Yeah. Well, was it Rasmus Ristolainen? Ooh. I think it was, yeah. It was. Might you have been Rasmus what? Ristolainen. As much as you might hate the Darnell Nurse contract, <laughs> remember, we could have very easily had Rasmus Ristolainen. I think and it might have been. It was. That 2013 draft is pretty good. Man, I pulled that out of my ass. That was, that was really so good. So McKinnon went first. Barkov, you remember Seth Jones was supposed to go second. So it was McKinnon, Barkov, Drew Ann. Jones, Elias Lindholm, Monaghan, Nurse, Ristolainen, Bo Horvat, and Nachushkin. Who was the next D-man after Ristolainen? Ooh. Samuel Morin, who played 29 games in the NHL. Then Josh Morrissey went 13th. Ooh. Ryan Pulak, 15th. Uh, Mirko Mueller to San Jose, 18. Out of him. Uh, most people even San Jose did. He only played under five games. And Shea Theodore, 26th overall. That's some decent players in that the first round. Yeah. Really good draft. Every single player played in the league in that first round. Who else delivered for you, boys? Uh, Derek Ryan. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> it was a winner. good call. Yeah. I like that he's dressing like he's in Peaky Blinders these days. <laughs> Little cap. Got to use the Waz video. What's not to like about when he's close? Yeah. I also, I think there is something that when Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are doing their thing, I think everyone on the team... Feeling it. I think I think they at times, if it's Connor and Leon going out and doing it all, you almost feel like a bit of a passenger. Yeah. It's not that you aren't doing things to help contribute, but it's like, oh yeah, Connor and Leon took care of business today. When someone else can step up, Derek Ryan scores the winner. Warren Fogel has a five point nine. I have a feeling that just lifts up the rest of the room Fantastic. so much, right? And then you see Connor McDavid jumping off the bench with a big ear to ear smile as Derek Ryan scores. He is so excited. He jumped off the bench and knocked Leon dry gloves onto the ice. And Leon was like, Hey, what's going on? Um, but I just think those two getting fired up for their teammates. I think it does so much for the team camaraderie. 
Yeah, it, it probably does. I think what's beneficial for it too is the guys who are scoring the goals, I guess you could say as well. Yeah. It's not like it's like Hyman, Nugent, Kane who are chipping in. It's not like McLeod, it's a buzz in, Fogel is, and then Derek Ryan's the one who scores a game winner. It's just mm-hmm. like happy for those guys because they don't have that success often. Pickard delivered against Anaheim. 9.33, nothing yeah. wrong with that. Like, uh, what more do you want from that? I know there's all this Rodrigue talk and we did it last week on the pod, but six games, 904 save percentage. You can give me that the rest of your life and I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. That'll help. That, yeah. That's my argument for the Rodrigue thing too. Just quickly is I think Rodrigue does deserve an opportunity at some point. The organization needs to know what he is. Also Pickett's been Done well. But this the, the other argument too is like the ceiling's obviously going to be higher with Rodrigue. Yeah, my like just to wrap it up, I guess mine is to me, Rodrigue gets more value playing every night with the Condors than sitting there playing once every seven, eight, nine, ten days behind Stu. Give him a taste. Everybody loves one. Mm. <laughs> but I think ultimately he'll uh it's better for his development to just be the guy down in Bakersfield for a minute. I agree. Uh, I want to go back here. I pulled a stat while we were chatting about the second line, just to go back real quick. This is from our boy NHL Sid in less than 50 minutes together. The McLeod dry side line has already outscored opponents 10 to two. Oh. Obviously the 83 goals, four percentage is not sustainable, but the way 93, 97 and 18 have played over the past month, it would be absolutely huge if the Oilers could keep this second line together. Well, that's exactly it is there were more than a couple of nights against New Jersey. I remember it to an extent against the Rangers, at least through 40 minutes where you're sitting there watching the Oilers and it is the top line humming and it looks like a power play every time they're out there and the rest of the forward group just can't get anything going offensively. So you rattled off those numbers now by the second line, that top line on the season, 183 five on five minutes, outscoring the other team 18 to seven and out shooting them 133 to 64, like a two to one ratio on the shots. If you now have the second line putting up those numbers that you said, BM, and we're seeing it. This Oilers team is just so much harder to stop hmm. against LA. The Kings go out, they do their trap thing, play a very boring style of hockey. And Connor McDavid is just too much. Banks went in off his head, makes an elite pass to dry saddle who has an elite finish. All the other games have just been the second line humming along and everyone chipping in. And even though Connor McDavid had one point against San Jose, one point against Anaheim, the Oilers still finished with 12 goals in those two games, all of them at five on five. So we're seeing the value of what a high end, high production second line is doing. That goal that McDavid scored on Talbot makes me laugh because at the time, that was the second time he tried that in a matter of minutes. Mm. And the second time he's just like, oh, you left me there open again, Cam. Boom, <laughs> off the head and in. And like, if you're Talbot, I mean, should know Connor McDavid. Although Connor didn't really start doing that until like, the last couple of couple seasons, of but still, oh my God. It's interesting how really elite players are just finding different ways to score goals. Yeah. Like the Michigan is now something that you only, the reason it's called the Michigan is it was so random and unique back then that it was just like, whoa. And now it just happens all the time. It seems like it's funny that, and then Connor banks one in off people's ear more often than you think he probably could. I was going to say, it's funny that people complain about the Michigan and how like, it's not a hockey move and all that kind of stuff, but like it's way shooting the puck directly at somebody's head. Significantly more dangerous than the Michigan. (laughs) He did that. Remember McDavid did that against Arizona a couple or last against Ingram. Ingram. Yeah. Yeah. Like you give him an inch. He takes a mile. Like if, Cam Talbot hugs his post and keeps himself fully upright. One, Connor McDavid also loves going five hole from that angle. Yeah, he does. Or two, again, against LA, you want to cover him? He's just going to find whoever's mm-hmm. on the other side of the net and you're giving up a goal there. Like it, it was just one of those games and one of those stretches where Connor McDavid was not going to be stopped. And then he comes in on the shootout and it's like slowly wanders in and okay, where are you going to give me an opening? Boom, right there. And it's in the back of the net. Like, when McDavid's in a zone like that one, it's great. BM, you and I love hammering home. Like remember these games, appreciate and enjoy these games from McDavid. Cause we are in year nine of his career. Um, no way. Year eight. I don't know if it's Either probably one. close. Hi. That's so crazy. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. Sorry. 
Go on, I'm just saying, like, quite the monologue. It, it's I know I went on quite a little rant. I apologize. New also had a nice shootout goal that game. I should have vintage or not vintage Nuge. Talbot kind of thought he was going to do the vintage Nuge thing, then he actually made a move. He almost did like a Connor esque move. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the next person I wanted to talk about before we bring Waz in for can you clear that out for me is Ryan McLeod earlier in the season looked like he would never score again. Joe skated all the way to Monday. In his last five games, he has five goals. The only game he did not score in was against the LA Kings. Did have two against the Devils earlier. Got the uh, McLeod versus McLeod battle went mm-hmm. to Ryan. Yeah. He's just playing some really good hockey right now and putting him on Leon's wing. Got to shout out Nobby for that move because it just seems to have freed him up a little bit. Doesn't have as much defensive responsibilities. He's scoring. Obviously, the confidence is there. Ryan McLeod playing some really nice hockey and... Because of this heater, my prediction of 18 to 20 goals is kind of back on track. Well, yeah, now seven. He is at seven, yeah. Seven. Yeah, and I mean. And they have 49 more games to go, right? 48. 48, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say and pretend I haven't been extremely critical of Ryan McLeod this I season. I calling him Faz Zamboni. <laughs> he just like. He needed this so bad. Like I just think the center thing wasn't working for him and it was becoming so evident. But the problem is what they've ran into. And I think we discussed this after that Devils game too, when they switched the lines going into the Rangers game is, well, who's going to be your third line center now? But McLeod is doing really well. And I think, like I said, the thing that's keeping it sustainable for me is he's not doing anything pretty. He's literally just going to the net and he sticks on the ice and he's kind of banging him home. Like the one against, maybe it was the Anaheim game where he kind of comes in and he shoots and catches it across the goalie there. Like that's a good goal for sure. But like he wouldn't have that confidence if he didn't initially just go to the net and get a few himself. So he's been great. And I think they, they need to kind of keep it going with him because his contract is, is good for what he's doing production wise in this last little bit. Yeah. I mean, this is what you want when you sign a guy like that to that kind of a deal, right? Is he's supposed to keep growing throughout the course of the contract. He's only 24. He just turned 24 back in September. And he's one of those guys that's been on the team now for a few years. I feel like, and I'm maybe guilty of this too. I maybe run out of patience a little bit quicker with him than you would if he was Raph Lavoie, who's, you know, yeah. a year younger and jumping up to the team right now. Um, but for me, it's frustrating. I still want to see him shoot more. Yeah, what's his shots at right now? Well, he scored five goals on six shots in his last five games. Like, dude, good things happen when you rip the puck. (laughs) He had the one against New Jersey that was just corrals it and fires a wrist shot on that. And he picked a corner. And it's like, I wish he would have more confidence to keep shooting the puck. The fact that, again, we're at this point in the season. And there's been a goal against San Jose. It was kind of he looped around the outside, just ripped it far post and went in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like do that more. He only has three games this year where he's had more than two shots on goal. Like. Fire the puck, dude. That's that's my thing. And before this stretch, there was he scored in them. Yeah. Like where he shot more than once, he scored goals. Crazy little thing. Yeah, right now shooting at 15.9%. Like he's something. Shoot the puck, man. I did the math on the pregame show, one of the pregame shows over the weekend, but like he goes out and has the fourth or third highest shooting percentage on the team, but is like 12th on the team in shots on goal. Like Only 44 crazy. shots on net yeah. so far through 34 games wild not nearly enough nope no i like and him. you know what if you're gonna play with leon you gotta shoot more man yeah he'll was, get it to you shoot it that's why fogel kind of works is he does rip the puck fairly he does, yeah well he just misses an out a ton <laughs> but at least he shoots i suppose multi-goal performance against anaheim take it five points it for mclovin very very, very the, nice. this stretch for that second line aside from what just happened because you probably should have won two of those three games either way if your second line was working or not on the California trip. But now you have way more games coming up which you can continue to win. Uh, this win streak, if the Phillies are toughest game for the next two weeks on paper. Yeah, for those who aren't familiar with the schedule, it's Philly, then Ottawa at home, then they're on the road for Chicago, Detroit, and Montreal. And those aren't like easy places to go and play. No. Like this three pretty difficult places going day in, in the sense of the atmosphere in the arena, but the others should be able to neutralize all three of the crowds in all three of those buildings because they're the Edmonton Oilers and they're better than three of the worst teams in the league. And we will preview tonight's game against the Philadelphia Flyers after we take a quick break and then welcome Waz in for his signature segment. <laughs> Can you clear that up for me? 
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If there's one thing better than sharing memories, that's making new ones. Alberta Blue Cross Travel Insurance protects your memories and more wherever travel takes you. Visit ab.bluecross.ca forward slash travel for more information. Come with us to Arizona. Next month, we are going down to watch the boys play in a teeny tiny little barn. And thanks to our friends at Alberta Blue Cross, we're going to be covered during that trip to Arizona. Go to nationgear.ca, get the details. We've got the full package for you, or we've got a flightless package if you're already down there, or you want to make your way down on your own. Nationgear.ca, come check out the Nation Vacation with us, presented by Alberta Blue Cross. Come with me to Was you're up. Can you clear that up for me? I hope you can. Was I haven't seen you since last year. <laughs> you guys did this like four times in our Tuesday morning. That's why it was mostly me. It's, uh, I always like to bring the dad jokes at the end of the year. So, uh, but can you clear this up for me? I've got a few, and one just kind of sprung to mind. Uh, uh, Tyler, you got the schedule here. Uh, we've been saying a lot in January here. We've got an easy schedule for the Oilers, but some will say there's no such thing as an easy schedule. There's no such thing as easy opponents in the NHL. Can you clear that up for me? Why is it such an easy schedule? You would say for the Oilers because they play three good teams. Yeah, like I think on paper there are no gimme nights in the NHL. So I do understand where people are coming from with that. But when you look at a schedule that features Ottawa down in the dumps, Chicago twice, Chicago, absolute dumpster fire of a team right now and a team the Oilers have beaten Detroit, very inconsistent. Montreal, not actually that good being propped up by loser points. Toronto is one of the good teams and they've only won 50% of their games so far this season. Calgary, who knows what Calgary is? Seattle can't score even though they're winning games as of late. Nashville can't score even though they managed to win games. Columbus is an absolute dumpster fire and it's like, okay. Every single one of these games, from a betting perspective, the Oilers will be favorites in all of them. So if you sit there and go, you can win all of them, even if you have a couple of poor nights or a night where you get goalied, you're going to sit here in an 11-game stretch and probably go 9-2. and two. To me, it's a winnable stretch, provided they play the way that they have. Like, if they played like they have over this five-game win streak, they're going to be fine. But I also know that the Oilers, I've been a fan of this team long enough to know that they lose against bad teams and it happens more often than I'd like. Earlier in the season, back in October, that was probably game four of the season. They got stomped by Philly. Yeah, it was game four. Just outworked and ran out. Of outworked in every facet of the game. Ended up losing 4-1, which you go, oh, the score wasn't as bad as it probably could have been. But that game was a disaster. Yeah. So, yeah, it's an easier schedule, but by no means are there gimmies. And you have to play the way you can to make sure you win. And it starts tonight against Philly. I don't have much else to add. I think, like, I think yeah, yeah. You, guys, you guys nailed it perfectly. Uh, the next question up here is, uh, I'm not too sure if you've talked about this, Evander Kane. Uh, we see a bit of a regression from him. I mean, he's 32, but lots on Twitter, uh, on especially, saying how he's not living up to his contract and that, you know, <laughs> hitting doesn't equal the value of his deal. Like, I mean, 24 points in 33 games sounds decent to me. Is it just people trying to find something to moan about while we're winning? I think he's been a bit inconsistent, but also... He didn't play against the LA Kings, which prove he's been banged up a little bit, right? So I think that's, uh, I don't think he's been perfect by any means, but I think hitting and being physical is part of Evander Kane's contract at the end of the day. Like, that's what you expect from him. He's a power forward in this league that can score goals, which he's done this season, and he's been physical. Like, he's a unique player, and I think that's what you pay him to be. I think it's funny where some of the people that are complaining about Evander Kane are the ones that like you only look at the spreadsheets and you don't take into account any of the other things that he does on the ice. Mm-hmm. Liam's right. Very inconsistent, but when he's healthy, number one, he didn't play against LA cause he had a groin issue of some kind when he's healthy and rolling, he 
He's very effective. He still has 14 goals in 33 games. Like that is on pace for what? 35. Yeah. If Evander Kane goes out and scores 35 goals this year and anybody's complaining about him relative to his contract, you're just not paying attention. And he doesn't play on the power play. And he plays on power play two, which yeah. gets 20 seconds 20, of power play. seconds tops. That's a great point. So yeah, like he, he's what really good. would you like him to do exactly? If Evander Kane was a consistent, you can count on him to give you his best for 82 games. He would not be a $5 million player. No, I would just like to make the argument that there is players who are way, what was it? Incon- more inconsistent. There's a guy on our team. He doesn't have a goal. There was, there was people <laughs> was Come on. on Twitter before. So Raphael Lavoie got called up for as an emergency recall against LA. And before we knew who it was, I was seeing some of the, the like the analytics folks on socials being like, I'd pull out Kane any day for Lavoie. I'm like, what? really? How? You would? Because one of them has 24 points this year. One of them doesn't have a single NHL point ever. One of them is one. I don't remember. Evander Kane is scoring at the same pace as Lavoie, I think, this year, or close to it. And one of them's in the NHL, one of them's in the AHL. So I don't get it at all. I understand being frustrated with him when he's inconsistent, for sure. And he's a frustrating player, too, because you know it's in him. Yeah. And he moves so far down in terms of his impact when he's not rolling. But when he's good, he's good. Were people really saying that about Lavoie and Kane? That's absolutely insane. Like Connor Brown, for example. I would take Connor Brown down the lineup for Rafael Lavoie in an absolute heartbeat. But I'm just the only because, not because, just because Brown's done nothing. Yeah. No. Um, like the Kane one is very. It's just, what do you want sense. for five million bucks? I don't think some people. I don't think you like. That's not a lot of money for a thirty-five goal score. I think they see no. Zach Hyman, and that's kind of what they're almost expecting. But, but, but they're that's different. the steal of a century yeah. right now. Yeah, hundred percent. Before th- Zach Hyman came to the Edmonton Oilers, his career high in points was forty-one. The Oilers have three players who make around the same goals. in. <laughs> Nuge, Kane, and Hyman, and they're all very productive for this team. And they each make around five million. I, I, I don't like you. Just very different. You, but say what you want to say. You don't like Evander Kane. You can say that. That's yeah, fine. and that's fine. That's totally fine. I, uh, it, you know that old thing where it's like pizza is like sex. Even when it's bad, it's still good. That's the five million dollar guys. Even when they're not at their best, they're still excellent values, and they're worth it. That's and you great, love them. Great comparison. Um, also, I saw someone say this on Twitter, and I looked up the stat. I found it interesting. Um, the idea, because people keep bringing up hits as a stat for Kane, right? Like leads, leads, or is this high in the league in hits? And it's a very much home bit, home base, home arena driven stat. His hits per sixty at home is over sixteen. It falls to 8.6 on the road. <laughs> so I, I think of Andrew Kane, maybe he bought a nice Christmas gift or nice beginning of the season gift for one of the stat counters in Edmonton. You know what? Like, um, But also who cares? When you have players that don't hit, then we complain that nobody hits. So like, yeah. it is. Weird. Yeah. And it's like, then people complain, oh, there's no toughness, this and that, no grit. But yeah. Like, I like Evander Kane. I appreciate his game. I like Evander Kane, what he does. I understand that he's not going to be, he's not Connor nope, McDavid. He no, doesn't no beat him. Point every single night. Um, next one up here is uh, we've been uh, talking, giving uh, Darnell Nurse a lot of praise for his excellent hockey. Can you clear this up for me? What has stood out about his game than previously before? You would say. I think he's just steady in the defensive zone. Like yeah, he's getting some points right now. Like he's had a couple of multi-point games over the last week or so. I want to say, but he just looks so much steadier defensively. Mm-hmm. He's moving the puck effectively. He's using his feet. Well, he's not doing panic plays as much as he was probably earlier in the season. And he's picking his spots. I think that Darnell nurse is playing some really, really strong hockey. I think he's probably playing some of his best hockey. Um, I'm just pumped the way he's doing. Cause the others need him to perform. And he is. I don't think the errors are as blatant anymore. Totally. Mm-hmm. Like, Turnover is going to happen. It's hockey. That's when you play as much as him. Yes, it's going to happen. You look at any other top player, they'll probably do something similar. But last year, I've said this a few times before, but the one that will always stick out for me forever, and I think it was the one that tipped a lot of people over the edge, was the St. Louis game, where he basically just passed it to whoever it was right in front of the net, and he just went in. It's like, yeah, that was bad, but we haven't seen that. And I think that's good. He's making players around him better. And when you're paying a man that much money, that's what you need him to do. He's pl- he's playing against some of the toughest opponents you possibly can. Yeah. With Cody Cece as his partner. That's not a shot at Cody Cece, but like 
on any other team, CC's probably not on your first pairing. If you, depending on how you view the at home Bouchard pairing yeah. as one or two. Well, I think the way like I, I see it is like a lot of these analytical people, they see like, you know, Bouchard and Ekholm are the top pairing right now for the Oilers are on top of all these like natural statrix charts. You don't see Cody CC and like Darnell Nurse. So like Nurse has been playing awesome and I hear I'm hearing fine. less complaints. There's always odd people like, oh, he's Nurse, Nurse, Nurse. Because you can't, you can't detach his play from his contract ever. Mm-hmm. It's just he's the new Sean Horkoff. Yeah. No matter what Sean Horkov did, yeah. everybody only saw that $5.5 million that he signed and that's all they could see. So Daryl has been on the ice at five on five for as many goals as Evan Bouchard this season. Can I give you guys a couple more hilarious more hitting stats, which matter to no one but me? Yes. Michael Pizzetta on home ice for the Habs, 31.07 hits per 60. It falls to 20 on the road. <laughs> Ryan Reeves, 21.55 hits per 60 at home, falls to about eight on the road. Oh. I'm sure those guys both have 14 goals, do they? <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> um, last one here is uh, goaltending. Uh, I know this has probably been talked about, but uh, Skinner's played recently pretty well. Uh, what does an ideal goaltending situation or tandem for him going forward? What makes the most sense for Stuart Skinner going forward? He needs to play, what was that, that guy, 508 games in a row? Yeah, Glenn Hall. <laughs> oh, that, that clip went like really viral. For Until us. he does that. <laughs> Come on, Stu. So my, my big thing is going to be keeping his workload down from now to okay. the end of the year. And yeah. and that's a part of why I kind of say like, ah, maybe you give Rodrigue a chance at some point, because if Rodrigue can get on a heater and give you like a bunch of starts for a little run, like that would be nice. That's why it's great news that Calvin Pickard is starting to play more games. But for me, I never want to see Stuart Skinner play three games in a seven game stretch, two games a week. Figure it out from there and I'll be happy with his workload, whether or not you go get a new goalie or not. I'm starting to think it might not matter. He should probably, I like that. If he should probably play more games than he doesn't in a week. Right? Like if you have four games, he should play three. Yeah, sure. But I'm just looking here. Like they don't play four games in a week. Yeah, yeah. January. I'm just, uh, just an example. But I don't think you need to go out and spend a ton of assets on getting another goalie to help Skinner. You just need to get an, an upgrade on Pickard, right? Which could be Roderick. Or maybe James Ryan. Oh, no. Did he get hurt? Maybe it's Jack Campbell. Oh, well, I'll edit that. Dude won 10 of his last 12. (laughs) Yeah, he's a good goalie. He's he's looking more like the guy that carried the Oilers into the playoffs next year. So I think the answer to the question is you need somebody who can kind of help him. Mm -hmm. But like if Calvin Pickard, what do you say, Tyler? 904? Yeah. Listen, we don't have to spend assets to go get a goalie when you've got one who might be able to just kind of float you along a little bit. If Rodriguez can come up, like when's the next time the Oilers have a back-to-back? Uh, it's Feb. They play Anaheim LA again, Feb 9 and 10. So maybe you don't have to rush into a goaltending change at all. Yeah, because it feels like almost like the Oilers might have to be gambling on another goaltender, like a Blackwood or whoever is out there. Like in, in another sense, why gamble when you can go get someone who's a solid top four defense more or like a, you know, a top six third goal. line center. Yeah, third exactly. So like in his last five appearances, Pickard has had three of those five above a 929. So my only concern is, and again, I'm starting to kind of get on board with the idea of you might not need to go get another goalie this year. You might just be able to say, screw it. Pickard's our backup. We're going to win. If we're going to win a Stanley cup, it's with Stu backstopping us, not some guy we're going to go pick up at the deadline. Right. The only thing that worries me is you're, you're an injury away from being really screwed. Yeah. But how many teams around the league are Tampa Bay is really screwed. If Ashley goes down again, right? The, the one team I can think of that was in a similar situation was when we play Colorado. Darcy Kemper got her, right? Yeah. And then they have Pavel Francouz was his name. And I, th- I believe he actually had a pretty good regular he season to yeah, his credit, but like he was an absolute nobody. Like if if he went down at Aiden Hill, like <laughs> everyone doubted that Colorado was gonna be able to do anything or like be as successful. We and they we swept Vegas us right where we wanted. Yeah, and went down. I, I think it's about having a strong blue line in front of your goaltender, your goaltender, and having an offense that can score on every line. So maybe goalies slowly falling further further back. I think it should be addressed in some way, but maybe it can just be from within. Perfect. Thank you for clearing mm-hmm. that for me. There's Waz. Thanks, Waz. His signature segment. It's not a game. Or a bit. It's not a bit. 
is a segment called Can You Clear That Up For Me? Brought to you by our friends at Alberta Blue Cross. Waz shuts the door like a good boy. I, there was, there was looking grim there for a second. Yeah, it looked like he might have forgotten, but he, he did it. Yeah, all done. Not, not, not much left to talk about, boys, but we do have to preview tonight's Oilers Flyers game for our friends at Greta. It's the spot to be before and after the game. Go on, check it out. Play some vids. Have some wings. They're delicious. Have yourself a cocktail. Unless you're doing dry January. If you are doing dry January, maybe get a little soda. I'm going to credit that. to you as well. That is, as someone who's one of my New Year's resolutions is to curb the uh, beers per 60 in my life. <laughs> All the power to you if you yeah. can fully cut back for a month. How's your beers per 60 at home? Home, my home and road splits? <laughs> oh god, that's a daunting question for me to have to answer. <laughs> Go check out Greta. It's game day. Pop on in. Grab yourself a pop. Why not? They have they it all, and their food is unreal. They'll give you refills. Yep. And you can play Mario Kart. What else do you need? What else do you need? Let's look at tonight's game, gentlemen. They're playing the Philadelphia Flyers, like I mentioned a little bit earlier. Flyers kind of ruined things a little bit. Earlier in the season when the Oilers played them back in October, that was game four of the year. But over their last 10, Philly is five, two and three. They are currently losers of their last two. And on the road, though, what's interesting about Philly on the road is they've been very, very good. They're 11, five and four on the road. Whether back at Rogers place for the first time in a little bit tonight. Mm-hmm. Expecting against the game, the rematch against the Philly. Philly's going to work hard because that's basically yeah. all they do. A grind in battle. I think if the others, the others should be able to outskill them, but I don't think Philly is going to allow that to be easy. They need but, to also outwork them as well. Yeah. They, they got to win both those categories to win this game and they've got an elite potential, like elite goalie. Actually, would you call him elite? Carter Hart's elite. Yeah, yeah he I is would. elite. Is he playing tonight? Yeah, he should be. I, there's so many players on this team who I'd love to see on the Oilers one day, and most of them are purely from like a work ethic reason. <laughs> and like what else they can bring. Com, Brock over at Daily Faceoff did confirm Carter Hart does get the start tonight. Can I throw a key to victory out there? Yeah. Philly's going to play hard. They're going to get under your skin. You always got to stay out of the box, man. They are fourth in the league in times shorthanded per game. And they're taking them at brutal times too. Like the discipline is low. Like it's been masked because the Oilers penalty kill has been really damn good as of late, but they've taken some dumb, dumb penalties. But the best penalty kill is the one you don't see. Amen. Put that on the wall. Philly <laughs> is 85% on the PK this year, and they're 21st in their 20th in the league in time shorthanded per game. It's not going to be easy. So, I, I just think that when I think back to the game in game four of the year, the Oilers looked like, to Liam's point, that they thought their skill was just going to carry them through the night without necessarily having to match it up to a work ethic. Philly is not going to let you do that. Do you, well, do you remember the night before that Philly game, they played Nashville? And they stomped them. And but do you remember also they outskilled Nashville but did not outwork Nashville and they allowed like forty plus shots on Jack Campbell. Yeah. And then the next night they weren't able to find that next groove. And yeah, that's gonna be but I think this team this team's obviously very different from what they were back then. Mm-hmm. I think they found found a bit more of an identity and I think they are working hard. So they should win this game, but it's it's not easy. I think Philly just beat Vancouver the other day, didn't they? Like right before Christmas. Yes. Maybe after Christmas, and then they lost good to teams. Seattle, and they're, they're not a surprise anymore. This no. is who the Philadelphia Flyers are. They're a good hockey team. They're probably a playoff team. I still see, and I still think at some point they're losing eight of ten. I believe. I just don't. I think believe if you that have like, if you have a goalie, you can go a long way. We've seen it the other way. They have lost four of their last five. Well, I've 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 said they could lose eight of the next ten. <laughs> the other thing too is uh Philly's offense, I'm looking, they've scored 109 goals so far this season. Compare that the Oilers have scored 123, but the Oilers have given up eleven more than Philly has, and they're supposed to be the better team. The so I think another thing is yes, work hard, all that, but pay attention to your puck details. Like don't try and force stuff that's not there. Philly will take advantage of it. They will score on you, even though they don't have the top end skill that the others do. Hopefully, hopefully they do fall off though, because like I said, there's a few players that would be good options. Nick Seela would be great. Yeah. Good vet, veteran defenseman. It's like 700 K. Yeah. What do you like? Scott Lawton. I like Scott Lawton, but he's a little pricey, isn't he? He's 3 million. 
it's not insane, but like fitting that in this year might be tough. He's got term. Yeah, like I think two he has more years. two more years. So he'd probably cost you a pretty penny to go get. I might pay it. But they would have to be out of the playoff picture. Yeah. And also, I feel like that's a team that wants to find success. If it doesn't necessarily come this season, they would like to not wait five more years to get it. Yep. So they might not be willing to like go of guys with longer term deals. Remember, they got Matt Bay Mitchkov coming. They do. And um, Carter Gauthier. Yeah, he's, he's. They have a great farm team. Interesting that Carter Hart's in the last year of his deal. He'll be an RFA after this season. He is in the last year of his deal at $3.9 million. He's going to get a big, big bump. He's going to be an $8 million guy next year, I bet. Yeah, probably. $8 million. Eight by eight? <laughs> I bet you would get nine. He might. He's, he's really good. Can't believe that guy went in the third round. Similar to Dustin Wolf, though, right? Where uh, both Everett goalies small ish WHL guys like hearts, not like six, seven or anything. Yeah. Good news is that the flyers are still paying, uh, Ilya Brzezgalov for another <laughs> three years after this one. So that's cool. So he was a second round pick. Shout out to Ilya was that their compliance buyout or is he de- actually dead money? It was a compliance. Buyout. Uh, yeah. There are some funny ones around the league. When you go look at, uh, look at cap friendly, like Mike Richards is on the books for like five more years in LA. <laughs> Is he really? Yeah. I quite forgot about him. And then meanwhile, I forgot about Mike Richards and I was watching a Penguins game the other day. I'm like, he still plays, hey, about uh, Carter. Hi, Jeff Carter, just hanging on by a thread. <laughs> I was like, he's still out there. All right. Good for you. Good for you. Although I guess you never know. Sid's got 20 goals this year. Looking like the kid again. I love Sidney Crosby. I'll miss him when he's gone. I will too. Just a, it's kind of a legend. Well, not kind of, he is a legend. Any other keys to victory tonight over the Philadelphia Flyers? Um, don't chase the game. I think getting out to a lead is very important. I think you can you'll waste a lot of energy if you just chase the game, right? And Philly, like we said, they're going to try and grind you down. So it might be a little bit harder and they have a great goalie. So make life easy for yourself tonight. I think that I want to touch on that one. Um, they do have a really good goalie in Carter Hart and he's going to be playing tonight as confirmed by Brock at dailyfaceoff.com. Don't make life easy for him. Get in his kitchen, get in the crease, yeah. get bodies in front of him, get people in his eye lines. If he can see it, he's probably going to stop it. He does have good career numbers against the Oilers north of a nine Oh five goals against average in the twos or sorry, in the low threes, I think. Mm-hmm. So Carter Hart's been good in these kind of homecoming games, so to speak. So yeah, you definitely don't want him to get on any sort of a roll. I know what, greasy, else, man. what else you guys are thinking. Carter Hart picked 48th overall. Who did the Oilers pick in the second round that year? Oh, I don't really want to know. Tyler Benson. Like the guy who's playing for the Henderson Silvernights? That kid, yeah. Still got it. I think he's only 27. To be fair. 25. At the moment, we loved that pick. In the moment, yeah, we did. But I think I would like it a lot more now if it was kind of hot. I mean, if we played that game, we'd be going forever. But uh, the argument can't even be like, oh, how did you not take the local guy? Because they took the local guy. <laughs> yeah, like in the moment when Benson's on the board, it's that's such a good dart to throw. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Ah, Darn. Way she goes. He scored a goal, though, for the Oilers. Who? Benson. I was there, actually, for that game. Did you hear about this stuff with Cole Perfetti and Ryan Hartman? So, Cole Perfetti gave Kirill Kaprizov a shot, and he left the game. A couple of minutes goes by. Ryan Hartman and Cole Perfetti are taking a face-off, and Hartman wins the drawback, and then whacks Perfetti in the mouth with his stick. Ouch. And Perfetti comes out and is like, yeah, he told me that was on purpose because of Kaprizov. And Perfetti was mic'd up to the game. So they have proof that Hartman was like, yeah, that was for hitting Kaprizov, buddy. I'm whacking you in the face. Did they play the audio? I haven't seen the audio no, I know anywhere they on Twitter. Yet. But the NHL, apparently it's in the CBA that anything that comes out as a result of a player wearing a mic for a broadcast can't be used against them. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> So Hartman basically was like, yeah, I tried to take your teeth out on purpose. And the league's like, ah, give me a feed where I get to hear that stuff. Yeah, I'll pay for that. I'd love to hear some of the mic'd up stuff. Put them on a delay even. I don't care. <laughs> you know, I know it gets a little crazy out there sometimes. <laughs> All right. Score prediction, boys. Philadelphia Flyers in town. Oilers on a five game win streak. Will they make it six? Liam Hartman. I will say three one Oilers. 
I'm going to say Philly is totally out of gas. They're at the end of a bit of a long road trip here that started on December 28th. I'm going to say Philly loses. The Oilers take it to them and win this thing five to two. I'm going to say a four two win coming at you. <laughs> I'm going to say the fourth goal, however, is an empty netter. Oh, power play goal. I did bet on over one and a half power play goals at plus 153 today. Courtesy of our friends at Betway, because I'm 19 plus, can do so responsibly. Me and you hit big on Betway with the Oilers to win every period against we the Ducks. Did. Plus 750. Holy baloney. That was a real nice one. Plus 750. That was so electric I watching was, Kulak score. Yeah, when Kulak scored. Oh, they only scored the one in the third. Fist pumping was in my, in my house was... Sky high. Wow. Almost punched nice. the roof, Liam. <laughs> That's how hard I was fist pumping. That is, you have very low roofs, so. Wow. <laughs> I'm very tall. <laughs> very, very tall. I leapt like a gazelle. There you have it. Tuesday episode of Oilers Nation Radio. We are back. We'll be back on Friday. Maybe with a full squad. Stay tuned. Maybe not. You'll we'll never know. find out. Liam and I are on After Dark tonight. Go check it out. Post game on YouTube. Subscribe. 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 And also nationgear.ca. Join us on the nation vacation that's coming up to Arizona. Join All us. three of us will be there. Yes, we will. You're going to want to join us. And I will be there legally because I still have my passport for a few moments. All right. Have a great <laughs> week, everybody.